Welcome to the NW, everybody. Northwest Colorado's favorite podcast brought to you by King Land and Home Realty. For all your land and home realty needs, to visit Sandra King, Sandra King, down at King Land and Home Realty. And we are coming to you from the Prodigal Sons. Home of the breakfast bomb, the, bread, the breakfast, breakfast bomb. and coffee yeah. in town. Yeah. So I want to throw out a compliment right now and say that um, I was, we titled this podcast, uh, Craig to Harvard, Morgan Lawton. I was going to call it Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I thought, hey, yeah, I people might know more what's going on if we did it this way. I would not have been offended. Yeah. Well, welcome. I, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, ground rules, remember, one person at a time, because if we all start yakking, what happens? Nobody hears anything at home. So speak directly into your mic, and let's get to know Morgan a little better. This is Jim, Jim. Shane Hadley, Tony Anthony Teeter, or Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, Lance Grant, and the lovely Morgan Lawton. Morgan, welcome. Thank you. We're so glad you uh, took the time to come and visit us. I know you're a busy lady, and um, we want to we want to talk about all the things that have happened to you since you graduated. Uh, Mr. Neaton and I both taught you, so we're we're kind of proud of that yeah. because of what you've done. So we want to hear about that, and we'll hear about some other things and talk about some other things as well. Shane's that's my phone. Giving, he's giving me the nod that we're on, we're good, and we're ready to go. So Shane, take it away. Let's talk origins first. Yeah. So we always have this thing here where um, first off, let's get this straight because your mom was right on there, and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this awesome young craigite the whole idea of the title is that she's from craig moffat county to harvard she finished harvard in 2020 so now she's been working on her awesome education now she's going to be a lawyer we're going to get to all of that but lisa i see you out there and she's not getting ready to go to college at harvard she's already finished the hard stuff now it's all the the fun stuff so we do something here where we do the origin episode, and it's uh, my pleasure because obviously I've known you my whole life. I I went to school with your mom and your dad, wrestled with your father in high school, and we start from your first moment that you uh, can remember in your life, and we come all the way up to present day. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And already, I, I love the fact that that I can tell you got that Harvard education because you're loud. They can hear you. You're proud. Tell us about everything, my friend. Everything. <laughs> Everything we can get away with. Everything you want to talk about. <laughs> um, well, I grew up north of Craig um, on my family's cattle ranch. And I've been in the Moffat County school system since preschool and all through high school. In high school, I was doing four sports for the last, for my se- junior and senior year. Um, I started throwing with Coach Scranton. <laughs> um, and. I don't know what. Well, do, you, do you remember what? Did you go? Uh, do you remember what elementary school you went to? I went to Sunset. See. I went to preschool in this Rosie, oh, <laughs> right yeah. by Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to the middle school. And Favorite memory of elementary school? Mm-hmm. Um, field day. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Every field day. Okay. Teacher, you remember the most from elementary school? Mrs. Seeley. Oh, yes. I had her for two years. Yes. I think third and fourth grade. Mm-hmm. My she, kids loved her too. Yeah, she mm-hmm. used to read us Fable Haven out mm-hmm. loud every day. Mm-hmm. So, how oh, so cool! And then, of course, you went to the middle school right mm-hmm. over here. Who's your? Uh, do you have a favorite middle school teacher you remember? 
You, you don't have to. <laughs> oh, it was the wrong time. I like Mrs. Charchalis. There you go. Great. Yeah. 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 Great math teacher. She was a wonderful math teacher. Yeah. Fantastic. Middle school, you know, middle school is middle school. It's, sometimes people don't even remember middle school. <laughs> yeah. I, I was blanking for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. We'll wait until we have your favorite. Hey, go ahead, Anthony. Favorite high school teacher. There you go. Outside oh. Mr. Deaton. Yeah, you can't name us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, outside of you guys. You um, probably Mrs. Cheney. Oh, oh yeah. wow. She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. Yeah, yes. we, we vibe Excellent. there. Yeah. Oh, good job, Karen. <laughs> we know Karen listens every Wednesday. Did you <laughs> did you uh, get the interest in becoming a lawyer from Mrs. Cheney, or how did that work? Or did you already have that interest? No, I, I didn't think of becoming a lawyer until after I actually graduated from Harvard and took a gap year, and I was working in town in a law firm, and just really enjoyed the atmosphere and the work I was doing. And I was only an administrative kind of staff person at that point. Um, but I liked everybody I worked with and I liked seeing what they were doing. And I liked that they were interested in helping rural individuals with estate planning and navigating contracts. Um, so that's kind of what intrigued me. Well, I remember in high school, um, that's when we had gotten Moffat County proud, just up and running and being able to be there for, all of your exploits in the athletics at the mm -hmm. high school. I remember the girls basketball events, uh, mm -hmm. the, the tracks of all the, the sporting events. Tell us about uh, the sports that you participated in at Moffat County High School and then shoot a couple of your favorite memories from those because you did a bunch and it was fun. It was an honor to cover all those events. Okay, um, so I did volleyball, basketball and soccer for all four years. And then my junior year and senior year, I did track. Um, so I was doing soccer and track at the same time. Um, but some of my favorite memories, I think home basketball games were always just mm -hmm. so much fun, especially when we got into the more of the playoff games and we were, the gyms would just be filled. And I really liked when you guys started doing the announcements and we had the nicknames and <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was called the brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed that. And I, I remember one track meet pretty vividly. We had a soccer game and a track meet at the same time and it was blizzarding. And so I played the first half of the soccer game, ran over, changed into my track uniform in the bushes, threw, threw all of my first three throws for discus and shot put, mm -hmm. ran back over, got changed again for the soccer, played the second half, and then ran back over and threw in finals. Was this at, our, was this at the yeah. whole meet? No yeah. easy feat, for no. sure. Yeah, and you're like the poster child for not just doing one sport. So many, I see so many adults and parents now, like, oh, you just need to concentrate on one sport. No! do it all i mean look at the memories that you have of doing so many different sports in such a wide array of, of things that you were able to do that you remember now mm -hmm. was well, either that or work as my parents would tell you correct me if i'm wrong aren't you weren't you a dude dent winner i was outstanding uh, female athlete uh -huh. mm -hmm. yes i was 26 2016. Mm -hmm. 2016. I thought you were. Hey, let's not forget that, that my son was there with you. I was I was at that at that presentation. That was yeah. yep. Mm -hmm. and, and do you realize now that at our table when we would normally also have Coach Hapey, now the dude didn't guys. You've got Coach Scranton has one, I have one, and Coach Hapey has one. Oh, wow. And then his son, he sent away to Well, that's projection. Yeah, well, but that's I what we do, right? I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, I want to brag about you a little bit more. Um, do you remember your ACT score in high school? 
What? <laughs> I do, and it was a lot lower than people might think. <laughs> really? It was. Dang, then don't say it. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Like, I think yeah. everybody kind of anticipates that you have to have a perfect score right. to go to an Ivy League, and that's not the case. If you want to share it, you can. If you, you don't have to. I can't even remember. It was honestly like a 30. Well, okay. That's, but, oh, but, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. If, that's if you break it, good. very good. If yeah. you break it down, I was like higher in some sports. Like, I've never been that great at math and science, mm. but my reading and literature were a lot better. Right, sure, right. So, well, I also remember GTA-wise, so yeah. she showed me just how above a four a gpa could be i i didn't realize at that time i was like i didn't know it went that high well it's because so, you it's because you know we never really approached that possibility collectively we? i don't think we, <laughs> we had no one was worried about us you know breaking the yeah. 4.0 plan yeah, no. Heck yeah. Yeah. at the high school now forevermore i mean we know that we've got our our female dude in award winners and our male dude in award winners and you're there forever Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then a bunch of the other accomplishments that you're up there for. And then shoot, then you're deciding to head off to Harvard. So let's go right to that point where you're at the end of your senior year and you're saying, hey, as Mr. Hapey comes to the door, hey, I'm thinking about going to Harvard and the thought process and then the conversations with your parents who who were such a huge part of your athletics and your education. And, and you always told me pushing you in the right direction. Tell me about that. Well, I kind of decided just to apply, just kind of like, screw it. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's a long shot, but I might as well try. And I had applied to other non-Ivy League schools previously. Like, I was planning on going to Boise State beforehand. I had a roommate lined up and everything because the acceptance timings are off. And mm-hmm. So you're either early admission at Harvard or you're like at the like regular like time, I guess. But mm-hmm. so I had a roommate and everything lined up at Boise State just with how I needed to do it with the schedule. When I went up there to Boise State with my fifth three years ago. We talk about a beautiful it's very pretty. campus mm-hmm. also. So tough choice. Yeah. And so then I, I honestly didn't think I was going to get in either. So that's why I had all these backups. <laughs> and then I actually remember when I got the acceptance letter, I was in the library for study hall or study period, I think. And I got it and it was like during parent teacher conferences. So there was a bunch of people in the library and I misread it the first time. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't get in. And I was like, wait. <laughs> and then I kind of just freaked out a little bit. And then I remember texting my sister and I don't know whose class she was in. I think if she was in yours Probably or mine or hey no, and um she was freaking out but then hey somehow found out about it and when the last bell rang he like announced it over the, the, the board board. Board. <laughs> yeah. and i was sitting on the bench right upstairs on the second floor and like everybody was like coming out of the classroom and i was like oh this is kind of like overwhelming but I mean, are you talking literally like I'd like to announce to everyone that yeah. Morgan has been accepted to Harvard? <laughs> literally about verbatim. <laughs> Small town, right? Again, everybody knows you, loves you, and so excited for you. That, that isn't going to happen in a big school. I mean, gosh, that's such a cool memory. And then you go home and tell us about the first moment you told your parents. Well, I texted my mom, and so she was freaking out. But because like, you guys all know my mom, <laughs> she was freaking out. And then it was kind of just like kind of crazy from there but and i i didn't think because it, it's different than other college applications like you have to go through an interview process and my interview was with a doctor out of steamboat and i did not think that the interview went very well like we just did not mesh very well personality wise or interest wise um 
And I think I'd honestly played volleyball against his daughters, and they were way better than me. So I don't know if there was a thing there. But <laughs> um, so after that interview, I did not think that I was. So, so literally from Moffat County, and here's their thing. Well, now we're going to let a steamboat person decide. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just, it's just like there's not a lot of people out here that mm-hmm. have been, like, have graduated from there. So, or people who want to do those interviews. And so it's just, he was the only one who wanted to do it. So, well, it sounds like it went a lot better than you thought. No, it didn't. No. I read, we get access to um, our interview, like, write ups when we are seniors in undergrad. And there was, it did not go Oh, well. really? That's, yeah. that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So then what tipped the scale, do you think? I'm not sure. I mean, when I went and toured, my grandpa's brother, who is way older than my grandfather, went there in, like, the 60s. And I, like, had another interview there, and I guess that one must have gone better. So, mm-hmm. hopefully. Oh, and having some blood that it went yeah. there is always a pretty mm-hmm. big deal to be able to say it was their alma mater. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've got family ties there. So, Morgan, you get let, – let's skip ahead a bit because I want to spend the bulk of our time on the experience you had okay. up while you are at Harvard. So let's talk about uh, your first impressions when you – you went to visit before mm-hmm. you actually attended, right? So yeah. tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, I toured Harvard, Dartmouth, and Yale – or no, not Yale. I did not tour Yale. I toured um, Brown. And I didn't like Brown because it was a little bit too artsy for me. Like they have the RISD, RISD School of Design there. Um just a little too artsy and it's like all uphill <laughs> like the whole campus is uphill um and i'm not a cardio person but <laughs> and then i really like dartmouth's campus it was beautiful it was like in the forest kind of isolated in this little town and then i thought harvard was beautiful but ultimately i only applied to harvard because i told myself if i'm gonna if i get into any of these places and i'm gonna move across the country i'm not gonna go to another like rural more mm-hmm. isolated area mm-hmm. like i'm gonna just totally just immerse myself in like the the big city life i guess so i only applied to harvard so what what was culturally what was the the adjustment you think you had to face going from small western town you know all Mm -hmm. the things that we are that we talk about on the podcast all the time gun town hunting town coal mining town you know to really probably the most extreme opposite of mm-hmm. the United States culture you could find? What what was the big step? Well, there's a, a lot to adjust to. I think that it was like culturally, it was academically, like I had a lot of adjustment periods there. Um, but in terms of like the people, I think that it's a very, very diverse university. I think in my class alone, which is like 1700 students, there were 84 different countries represented. And so you just it's you just don't get that kind of exposure to different cultures and different people here, I think. Um, and then there were like diff- political differences, obviously, like Moffat County tends to be more conservative, whereas it's a very liberal area and like very, very like left leaning liberal. Um, and then kind of the like, I think one of the hardest things was the political correctness. When you grow up here, you're not learning all the like little tiny niche corrections that people are wanting you to make. And then when you go there, you you have to make those connections or those corrections or else like you're essentially canceled. 
Really? So yeah. you, you have to like make those corrections or you just don't talk. Do you have a, like an example off the top of your head? I, I have one example. I was in this um, group and it's, it's kind of like a sorority, but not really. And we go through rounds where you're accepting new people and you just, you're just seeing a picture of somebody's face. You're not seeing, you're not talking to that person all the time. And you talk to them at different rounds, but not everybody gets to talk to each individual prospect, mm-hmm. essentially. And so a lot of people ha- hadn't met this one person who went by they, them, theirs, but was very female presenting physically and i remember somebody who hadn't talked to that person was like oh i really liked her and everybody like instantly like jumped down her throat and was like they go by they them theirs and the girl was really upset like she was very like she didn't mean to like offend that person or like state their pronouns incorrectly but it's so that was like that kind of stuff was a learning curve for sure so, so we're canceled you, instantly yeah, yeah. Well, i would last 12 seconds do you as a follow-up to that do you feel that kind of thinking or that kind of process inhibits or how does that affect the academic discussions then in the campus well i think you see that in, on most university campuses anymore mm-hmm. it's yeah. even at University of Montana, where I am for law school, even in the law school, which in my opinion, it should not be present. It's still very like the the cancel culture is still very real. And it's still a very big thing that like if you have a different opinion. That is what some people could consider offensive or wrong, like most of the time people just don't bring it up. So it's I feel like the discussions are very one-sided politically. Mm-hmm. Did, did you find that you, I always use the term now that I have to taste my words a lot more. Did mm-hmm. you find that sometimes you would maybe just choose to not even speak or that you had to take a moment and consider what you were saying before yeah. you even said it? Yeah, really, uh, like all the time, especially not so much now, but like in law school. But when I was an undergrad, I think that was like, I was very, very careful about my words, and I had it like, if I wasn't sure about something, I just wouldn't talk about it. Like I, I tended to not bring up politics just because I was there during Trump's election, mm-hmm. and it was, oh, I bet. it was crazy. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. I remember my psychology one hundred and one professor in a class full of three hundred students um, was like, I know. 40% of you might have voted for Donald Trump, but in my opinion, everybody who voted for Donald Trump is like an uneducated blue collar worker. And he, oh, meanwhile, he's like a, meanwhile, he's like a, like Ivy educated psychology professor who goes on like prudential life insurance commercial. <laughs> so. Wow. Interesting. So I, I am just... that, it sound, that sounds stressful to me to like have to always monitor everything relation in relation to what someone else That's might hard. be i mean that you that, get used that to doesn't it. sound though yeah, that doesn't sound it, like a yeah. it stays like, it becomes like second nature now you know you don't so morgan let, let me I, i'm thinking as i'm listening to you that because of where you came from and the values that were instilled in you that mm-hmm. that when you went into an atmosphere like that it was like okay I got to watch my P's and Q's, but mm-hmm. like, you got to be tough to do that. Right. Well, you just have to think, like, do you think because of where you came from it, it'll, it helped you like, okay, this is something I got to deal with. And 
you know, you, you didn't get all emotional about it. You just, no. just what I got to do. Well, and I think that I was raised to have manners and be respectful mm -hmm. to people, even like if they weren't necessarily being respectful of me. So I feel like that's what really like just you just have to do it mm -hmm. yeah. and it's you, you just don't really have another choice it's like get that education and like go through that education without problems or like without being an outcast essentially mm -hmm. or i mean there there are openly like conservative groups on campus but like they are very shunned mm -hmm. and it's even even at law school now like we have a federalist society that's more conservative leaning and they're they're very shunned and so you just you just learn to kind of roll with it and do what you have to do to get the education because yeah. at the end of the day that's what you're there for wow hmm. well, why do you think it is that so many of the that ivy league schools that it does lean so liberal because these are the higher education the foundations of, of higher education i just it astounds me that like when you go there like i honestly believe that as a lawyer now I think people are going to find out where you're from before you went to Harvard, and it's going to help you to get clients. Well, here, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here people like working well, with even people that they know and that are they from just here. won't say it, but yeah. I truly think that they'll do it. Why do you think that is? That at these higher education schools, it leans so far that way? Well, I think, I think especially at Ivy Leagues, the disparity between like where students come from is huge. Like you have people at the very upper 1% of the population and then you have people at the very bottom like the middle class doesn't essentially exist at those types of universities mm. because if your parents are it because the financial aid is basically based off your parents income if you're a dependent and mm. if your parents are making under like 200 250 000 on paper you're considered impoverished essentially and so that's a lot of the population <laughs> so there's like no middle it's class a majority of the population yeah. yeah so you have like these controlling ideologies and then you have like severely like minority populations and like so those like it's just conflicting con like concepts about wealth and race and everything all the time and it's changing all the time and it's just very influenced i think mm -hmm. so i take it you probably didn't mention uh, many of your record uh bucks that you had shot or, or the elk that you had taken. I, I did talk i talked about cattle ranching and hunting quite a bit there just because so many people there have never experienced anything like that like what the the concepts they have of hunting or cattle ranching are like big game trophy hunting in africa mm -hmm. that they see on tv or they see um like the big feed lots like that are Right. They're just seeing the the, yeah. the worst of the worst of it all. And, and so, their ideas on guns are yeah. it's very anti-gun, right? Well, they're also not around guns. Like they're not they're not raised like kids here are with like hunting and they get twenty twos and whatnot. They've never been around guns other than like what the police have. Mm -hmm. So they just and then you have a lot of students from foreign countries who their their countries don't allow guns. So you have a lot of different. So there's very few people that I knew that actually there that had actually ever been around yeah. guns well and what you described to me is like what has you know we're gonna i'm gonna talk about that but that is the that is what's boiled up in the news lately about the the you know with all the congressional hearings and whatnot but to me that i mean we're university is supposed to be a place where ideas are bantered about and argued and and it's the exchange of ideas and i i'm a lot older than you but that was even emerging on the University of Wisconsin campus, you know, in Madison, Wisconsin at the time when I was there. So it just seems like it's gone even further. But, 
you know, you don't have to comment on this. This is just my commentary. But that the, that free exchange of ideas is just supposed to be what the university is about. Well, it's a free exchange of ideas as long as you agree with their ideas. Yeah, that's so that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the policy. Well, yeah. I don't know. After that first couple of months, Morgan, was there a moment that you went back to your dorm and you maybe thought, "Wow, I, I don't know if this is for me, or I don't know if I like it here." Well, it wasn't just like that aspect of that. I mean, it was really academically rigorous and like in high school i didn't necessarily have to put in that same amount of effort um i was able to just take exams without having to really study and so when i got there and i i wasn't even doing one of the more difficult majors there i was doing i double made double majored in social anthropology and archaeology so it was very reading very writing heavy um but i was having to spend a lot more time on things than my peers because i had to work harder like i definitely was not the smartest person in the room ever Mm -hmm. there and so i think that's an adjustment too and like going from like not having to try as much and like just being able to just like show up and do that to having to really put in the work so i think that adjustment as well as like the political like adjustment like there were times when i was like what am i doing here but at the end of the day it was worth it. <laughs> and yeah. There's the natural things that happen when you're a freshman at a college anyway, that mm-hmm. you, know, you get homesick, and mm-hmm. all the natural stuff or the expected stuff that goes on. So, so you get through your, like, when did you decide, when did you decide, like what year at Harvard did you kind of think to yourself, Hey, I think I might want to go in into law. I did it. So what is your bachelor's in then? It's, I have a, my, ba- my bachelor's is a double major in social anthropology and archaeology. And oh, I have a cool. minor in psychology. Oh. Um, so I was going to actually go to grad school in England um, for archaeology. That was but, always my dream. That's cool. so awesome. <laughs> Oxford. <laughs> she was going to go figure out Stonehenge finally. She was going to break the, the she was going to finally break the mystery of Stonehenge. <laughs> I was actually going to study like, like Irish, Scottish heritage, oh, and like how people who live around these archaeological sites perceive them, mm-hmm. kind of like a ethno archaeological perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still that possibility out there, right? I know yeah, you're a lawyer, but get burnt out from law. But yeah, I love that. But... I decided not to pursue that route because it was in the middle of COVID, and I didn't want to end up in England and not be able to come home. Like mm-hmm. everybody was so unsure what was going to happen at that point, and I was in my gap year working for the law firm here in town and i that's kind of when i decided that hey maybe i go to law school and i kind of was like oh i'll take the take the lsat and see what i get and then apply and so i took the lsat two weeks after i decided to take it and i mean i didn't get a phenomenal score Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm. i got a good enough score to like get in to like certain universities and i didn't want to go to a big university again like i wanted to go somewhere that was more similar to home like Missoula is still a big town at University of Montana, but it's mountainous and it's still pretty rural feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a 13 hour drive, but it's like a two hour flight. So it's not, it's not like going back East right. or anything like mm-hmm. that. And it's a little bit, it's still kind of like got that liberal vibe, but it's also like very easy to find people who are more similar, like grew up in small towns on cattle ranches yeah. who hunt. So let's transition. Let's transition into your law school experience. Are you in your second year? No, I'm in my third. I only have one semester left. You have one semester wow. left. Okay, so so you have some perspective. So so what you brought from Harvard into your studies at the, at the University of Montana? What 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 do you think? 
What do you think Harvard prepared you for? The there. reading. The reading. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was in a very reading heavy major in undergrad. Mm -hmm. So then when I got to law school, which is also a lot of reading, mm -hmm. very dense material, mm -hmm. I think that helped me, like being able to like prioritize what to read, what to skim. Yeah. Um, and writing, I think I also was like a little bit stronger writer than if I had came in from a more like technical right. sort of background. Um, and then I think just the ability to like, like work for it like again like there there's people in my law school that are way smarter than i am mm -hmm. but i like had to work again had to work harder yeah. like those types of law concepts don't come naturally like mm -hmm. you have to like work to understand them and so so I you think ratcheted up your rigor quite a bit going to harvard which probably <laughs> prepared you for what you're experiencing now yeah yeah, yeah. and so, it ebbs and flows in law school you have really yeah. hard classes you have pretty chill classes so right well, i know we're on the law but we had the question too what was the name of your sorority Oh, I was in the Pleiades Society. It's not, they don't have, they have sororities at Ivy Leagues, but they also have like the more, like like the clubs, they call them. Mm -hmm. And I was in an all-female club, and there was a bit of contention with those too, because at one point, I, there was a lawsuit about that. They, the university tried to not allow any single-gendered mm. social organization. Oh my goodness. And it the they, didn't, them club? it really didn't work for them because they were trying to make it more inclusive towards women or um like other gender identities but for the men's clubs these like fancy fraternities essentially it's they're private. Bone, yeah, yeah they're like that they they the benefits of being in those clubs outweighed the consequences that the school was imposing so the consequences included like you couldn't hold any leadership positions you couldn't receive any of the scholarships so like you couldn't be like uh, the, a Rhodes scholar or anything like that like My you couldn't goodness. receive any of that oh, wow. and it was like a very like it was a very tattletale type of vibe they wanted mm -hmm. you to tell people and it was like schools like that are already cutthroat so if people and like the Rhodes scholar for example is a very very like prestigious award yeah. and so like it was just encouraging that kind of cutthroat behavior and the, so the men's clubs didn't care like they kept operating like as they should and the school couldn't really do anything because the like their houses they have are privately owned and all of that and like the connections they were making with alumni from those clubs outweighed the consequences so they were like lining themselves up for good jobs and but the women's clubs did not have the same type of financial backing mm to kind of push back so they were the ones that were having to take men into their clubs and so it kind of backfired on the school yeah, no, because yeah. <laughs> it's just but the what you just described is like this imposition of an ideology and it's like that's crazy to me like oh, the yeah. university is yeah. trying to impose an ideology on on the whole school and mm -hmm. that where does freedom of conscience come into this Situation. Oh, it doesn't. And Morgan, when you came home on school breaks, did you just go, oh, like, <laughs> literally, like, all of a sudden, like, thank goodness for a minute now? That sounds so stressful. Well, you just get used to it. Like, even now, like, my brother would probably tell you that I'm a raging liberal. <laughs> oh, that brings up another point. <laughs> he would also tell you that he has a higher degree well, than me. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you that is like, yeah. going through that, everything you described, which, um, how do you feel you hung on to the values that you were raised with and how did that or and also you can't go anywhere i mean you go move anywhere that there's going to be some influence and you change mm -hmm. as you go through mm -hmm. it 
but also how did how did Harvard change you maybe for the good? It's not all bad. Well, it didn't really change my political beliefs, but I think it did open my like eyes to other aspects. Like around here, you're not really exposed to a lot of different like races or ethnicities mm-hmm. or cultures and or like sexualities or genders. And like, I feel like I probably like have changed a little bit on my social beliefs. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I have a lot of friends of various backgrounds and mm-hmm. I think I really enjoyed that, like learning about different cultures and kind of having the exposure that way. So I think that kind of changed me, mm-hmm. but then other things like the more fiscally conservative side of me really just like hung on and mm-hmm. is, is there to stay. And like mm-hmm. the, like really being a proponent of this type of lifestyle, of a small town lifestyle, of a rural lifestyle. Um, I think that really, mm-hmm. I used to say I was never going to come back to Craig, Colorado. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, those are famous. Now I'm like, I'm going back. I didn't take so. my jar of dirt, I guess. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and your, and your cuisine pie was opened wide up. Right? Yeah. I've always been an adventurous eater. And like mm-hmm. when I was in undergrad, I went to Peru twice and Morocco and I went to Brazil. The South American trips were archaeological excavations. So I was like living pretty rurally while I was there. And I tried a lot of different cuisine. Like mm-hmm. I ate guinea pig. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I like, want to was, was it in, in a crock pot or how do they, how do they work yeah, this? Like, like was that a spit or what? Yeah, it's like they roasted. For, uh, <laughs> is there a special name or is it just guinea pig? Cooey. Cooey. Yeah. Hook me up. I, 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 yeah, that's like rabbit, but with small. Yeah, it's a rabbit. Yeah, in Peru. All right, Morgan. So, <laughs> so you <laughs> back to law. Yeah, you're at the University of Montana now, and what are you studying there? Law. Okay, well, <laughs> like what specific kind type? Well, in law school, you don't actually study like specific types. Like, you mm-hmm. can take classes that are more aligned with your interests, mm-hmm. but you're basically just learning. Like, you have to take doctrinals your first couple of years, and just basically the overarching rule structures and like for criminal law, like civil law, um, and then like rules of evidence and legal writing. Like, those are all your doctrinal courses. And then when you're in your second year, you get to kind of branch out into your more elective based courses. Mm-hmm. And so I've tended to stay away from the criminals, the criminal side of it. And then also I'm not super interested in going to court a lot. Um, it's not that I would say I'm not argumentative. I just, I'm not much of a public speaker, especially in front of large crowds. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't have the like the charisma to like wow juries and I don't like putting on the show to do that. I would say you I think you'd be fine. You look you just have to put on a show and I would rather work with small groups of people and like help people with estate planning or with business development mm-hmm. or their farm and ranch development. Um and I, I like contract review. I like just like looking at documents and picking them apart. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, Kill Chafee now has sent us a text from the table over there <laughs> talking about how I like some TV, some movie, a little bit. And uh, he happened to hit on a show that I do watch and like. He wants to know if you like or have watched the show called Suits. I've watched the first couple of episodes, and it's pretty good. You'll really like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say, like, it's the t- their timelines are a little unrealistic on there. Like, they just turn and burn, but. <laughs> yeah, so it might not take just a week. It might take a month or so on some of that. Stuff, yes, right? yeah. And I think a lot of shows like that, like, they're very fun. They're very cool, but they, they give a kind of a different perspective of law. And they, they really just latch on to, like, the criminal lawyers or, like, the big corporate lawyers. And the law is, like, a lot bigger 
Well, they got to move it along for us middle class people. Do they stay interested? Do they make you watch Twelve Angry Men in law school? We watched my cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. The youth, the youth. I didn't want to make you be a trial lawyer. No, no. And and you literally would be that girl who knew the tired side, tired side. That's what I'm saying. That's with. You know that isn't a sixty second. I had to take a trial practice course where we basically did like a mock trial like from start to finish and i like the preparations for it like i like that like i like the problem solving aspect but i did not like the the actually in court part <laughs> so did do you feel yourself moving well so contract law uh mm -hmm. before the show you mentioned something about maybe water law is that something yeah. you're, maybe if you want to expand on that or yeah i i am interested in like the natural resource law in the sense that um a lot of like solar gas oil like all those types of companies are really present in our area and surrounding areas um and i think the solar and the wind companies are you know moving in mm -hmm. um so i i'm very interested in being able to do contract review in that regard um and help people who are getting approached by those companies mm -hmm. um and kind of negotiate better terms and what's your opinion on nuclear energy i'm a proponent of nuclear nice. energy. <laughs> it's the it's like the only like I agree. You, yeah. I agree. You just got to find somewhere to put it. It's like a no-brainer. <laughs> 100 miles out of time. Launch yeah. it. Yeah, I would say launch it, yeah. But, I mean, it's like the easiest yeah. way to go, and it would provide mm -hmm. a lot of power compared right. to some of the other versions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and guess what? We, we missed. You met someone special. Hey, you, were, you were talking about <laughs> there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, they want to hear it in the comments. sitting out in this truck right now. Uh, I did. I am... Getting married in September. Oh, what day? What day? What day? The 14th. Oh, nice. okay, that's right. Yeah. Fifth would have been better. But <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we had a really cool venue in Montrose, and they only have they only had particular dates yeah. when we tried okay, to book Okay, back them. up. You're getting married when? September. September. Wow. Next year. Yeah. I graduate in May, take the bar in July, get right. married in September. Wow. Wow, yeah. and and it's a modern era romance. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, come on, hey, tell you only hear what you want. Uh, what you, want to hear, you don't have to allow him to lead you. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. We met on Tinder. <laughs> That's cool. It's a very, it's very common now. I'm not yes. embarrassed. Um, yes. He's from Connecticut. He grew up there, and then he came to Colorado for undergrad, and then he kind of just stayed here. Um, he now owns a. I'm supposed to give him like a shout out for yes. this fence building Please company yeah, go ahead where what's it called he's out of hayden but he works a lot in craig and in steamboat it's called montco he does he calls it livestock retention you do need to retain yeah. the cattle yeah, yeah. To retain your livestock. he does a lot of pipe fencing for like the little um, the little hobby farms in steamboat mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. some like wood fences it's not super into barbed wire, but who is? Does he do so, the welding on the pipe fences? Yeah. Oh, does. wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. As a hand-drawn kind of guy. Gonna get, right? I'm going to yeah. get his card. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you guys, uh, you meet, and, and my goodness, like, uh, you strike up a, a friendship and a relationship. You're going to be married very soon. And my goodness, you're going to be a lawyer. You have a double in, in Harvard. And my favorite thing, archaeology. That's yeah. what I always want to do. So someday you're going to go on location. I'm telling you, you'll, you will come back to that. I think so about cool. it all the time. But I think if I ever do go back to like the archaeological stuff, it's going to be from a more like of a law perspective. Um, 
I have because I have the archaeological knowledge and I have the legal knowledge now. I would like to kind of help in stuff related like to bones, Nag- the Na- TV series, like bones. Nagpra, yeah. like it's like repatriating funeral oh. and burial objects that yeah. museums or mm-hmm. collectors wow. have that they not they should that not necessarily be. have. Yeah, Indiana Jones like <laughs> it's like the opposite of Indiana Jones. <laughs> he, he's collecting the stuff. I'm like let's. He goes and gets it though and says it deserves to be in the museum because it's yeah. owned by sticking off for India. <laughs> I love India. Now what would that also include maybe working for preservation of sites legally, things like that? Yeah, I think so. If I ever were in, if, if I ever go into more pro bono related mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. after I pay off my student loans. <laughs> Kip, you gonna make an appearance here tonight or not? <laughs> That's what I would be interested in. Yeah, yeah it's good. You would yeah, combine both worlds. Great. Yeah. Oh, it did the hill. It's just me. It's just me. I was sending all my questions in. Oh, yeah, you're getting yeah, them. Yeah, you're it was me. Okay. It was the two you. The two you. Okay. All right. So, so, so yeah, we've made it that far. From Craig, Colorado to um, Harvard is located where? In Boston. 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 Okay, Boston, and that now you're in Missoula. Yep. So you're you're quite the traveler. All over. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I guess the, I want to wrap it up by asking you: Do you have any plans for where you want to locate, relocate, where you want to live? I, I mean, do you and your future husband have plans for well, what you want to do? He lives he lives in Hayden, up on the cog, oh. <laughs> um, and then I work for the firm here in town. And I am pretty sure I have a job. I don't know if my boss can correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a job. Um, you so, heard that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to be working there. Um, that's my plans anyway, is to come back and work here um, for the time being. Well, that would he be... definitely wants to get a little bit more travel, but back into the East Coast a little bit. So might be working remote sometime. <laughs> but that would be wonderful to have your education and expertise back mm-hmm. in our town. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Can we, can we throw his first name out there? I just want to picture Morgan and Neil. Morgan Neil. and Neil. Morgan and Neil. There you go. All right. Neil Montgomery for the people who need okay. funding. Neil Montgomery. And go. the name of his um, livestock retention company. <laughs> Montco. Montco. Yeah. Montco. Nice. Like Montgomery yeah. Company, Montco. Yeah. And he's from Fairfield. Yeah, he's from Fairfield, Connecticut. How beautiful is Fairfield? Very pretty. And I'm not, I'm, I, I like the East Coast. I like visiting the East Coast. I, I'm not like a live in the East Coast type of person, but for, for visits, it's yeah. very, very nice. Cool. And look at how much hope you can yeah. provide. Now, people in Craig sometimes say, I'll never get away. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of kids that they are seniors and they graduate. They say, oh, there's a curse. I'll leave, go to Mesa or what have you, and then I'll be back within six months. I can never get away. I won't get away. You have seen the world. We're so <laughs> proud of you. Like all the things you've done and that you, and you have tell. still chosen to be I in this area. Yes, and you, you still realize like back. what like I used to always say that. I used to always say that I wasn't gonna come back. But then I realized that like I like I liked how I was raised. I liked the small town. I liked being able to like ride my bike around town, and, you know, and know everybody in my class at high school. Um, mm-hmm. Know half the classes below me or above me too, and um, and you really just stick with like the same. Like I think I played basketball with the same girls for mm-hmm. since 
well, middle school on. <laughs> and you need to be a basketball coach too. That's my. Where do you want to be in ten years? <laughs> in 10 years? I, I've thought about. I've thought about um, when I'm when I'm here full time again, like maybe helping out with like the basketball or track programs. Oh, always openings for yes. Those. Yeah, yes. there was some. Yep. some and would there be in the future some little Lawtons running around? Sometime. There no, they'd be go. little Montgomerys. Oh, no. Well, you're, really, you're really, you're really, you know, really, really in here. I'm back with this girl. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's the best answer I heard all night. Yeah. There'll be Montgomerys. There'll be little Montgomerys. Yeah. Very traditional. But I wouldn't, if, if the last name didn't sound so cool, I'd just keep my own. But okay. Mor- Morgan Montgomery sounds <laughs> all right. Morgan Mo- sounds like a lawyer, a firm. Yeah, it sounds like That's the Morgan we remember right there. Lawton and Montgomery. Yeah. If his name wasn't cool, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Lawton's all right. Well, guys, if you don't have any more questions, I'm going to take us off. And, Morgan, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. And we are extremely proud yeah. of you. And we're glad you took the time. I know you just got into town, didn't you, like yesterday? Yeah, I, I yeah. came in from winter break yesterday. Yeah, so we, we really appreciate you taking the time to come visit us. Yeah. And let the audience get to know more about you. I have and one we, huge announcement, Oh, Okay, and uh, for, for <laughs> folks that don't know, we're on Spotify. So as you're cruising down the road, you can listen to this podcast as well if you can't get it on Facebook. And Shane, go ahead. Well, I was not sure if I wanted to tell this tonight because I thought, man, I wouldn't want to overshadow anything. But your story has been so awesome. (laughs) None of this is going to overshadow it. But I wanted to be the, this will be the first show that I'll let everybody know that I'm throwing my hat into the ring. I I have put in to fill that final seat on the city council. Whoa. Wow. Hard hitting you. Yeah. We're going to grill you over your program. Good you. I guess. All right. Good job, Shane. <laughs> all right. Nice to, uh, uh, Shane Hadley. It's great to hear all Jim your. Jim Yeah. Anthony Teeter. I'm Lance Scranton. And that is the beautiful Morgan. Thank <laughs> Lawton. Morgan. Harvard graduate. Soon to be married. Soon to be to, a lawyer. To uh, Montgomery. <laughs> lawyer. And yeah. lawyer. Yeah, exciting. Exciting stuff. Right. Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, this is Northwest Colorado's favorite podcast, The NW, brought to you by King Landed Home Realty, and we'll see you next week. Excelsior.